All right, everybody, welcome back to Jewish Teen Talk. Uh, another fun-filled episode, jam-packed with your questions. Uh, we're going to be exploring and seeing what comes up. As always, we appreciate our sponsors and uh, keep sending in your questions. If we haven't gotten to your question, it's just because we're getting in a lot of questions and we're trying to go through the questions in order that they are received. So hang tight. Please keep sending in the questions. We do appreciate the questions and we'll get to them as soon as possible. So this week, I have the absolute pleasure of sitting with Menachem. Welcome, Menachem. Thank you so much, Shua. It is an absolute pleasure to be here. Super excited. So this is not our uh, first Farbrengen. Menachem and I have sat together before and spoken in a very wonderful way. Menachem is a wise and fantastic guy. So the first question is, a questioner wrote, I don't know where to ask, so I'll just ask here. My older brother is unfortunately going off the derech, like he dropped out of yeshiva and went to work. How do I deal with it? So, you know, I'm going to just jump right in to say that I am not so sold on this whole derech idea to begin with. That's I definitely think, an interesting way of saying it. I, I think that I heard somebody say that they're on their own derech. They're on, everybody's life has its path. So if someone dropped out of yeshiva and went to work, on Jewish Teen Talk, we try to answer the questioner and not only the question. So we'll try to take from what the, the what the questioner is asking and try to answer you and not only the question that you're asking. So what I'm hearing is that everybody in your circle is in yeshiva. And your family member, your brother, is not. He went, he dropped out. It wasn't working for him. And he went to work. Now, this can be, this can go one of two ways, to my understanding. If a guy is, you know, involved with bad influences or people who are encouraging him to do not good things, and he's involved maybe with narcotics or drugs or a spiritual decline then I might see it as an issue. But I know some very, very fine young people who were in the system. And the system is not necessarily built for everyone. It's a system. What is it called? Those moving tracks in the uh, warehouses, they have those... Conveyor belts. Conveyor belts. I see it kind of like a conveyor belt. It's not personalized. It's just moving people through a system. And systems are important because... We need a way that works for most people to get them through and instill within them the things that we want. But if we're doing, you know, we're mass producing bachrim, so to speak, it's not going to work for everyone. And if someone is recognizing that sitting in yeshiva is not working for him and he wants to go out and he's being productive, he's getting a job, then I say all the power to him. And deal with it by embracing him. Love. Lots of love. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Uh, I, I kind of see two points in the question that he's asking. Um, from the first that I, I want to say on how he said, off the derech, definitely I'd be agreeing with you that um, he's using the words the derech as what I assume is what his understanding of what the correct path to be on is. Mm. And therefore, anything aside from that is him being off the derech while with, with a little bit of a, of a deeper understanding, you'll see that everybody does have that different path they're going to be on in life. And even when you do feel like you're on the, you're, you're certain that you're on the correct path, things change and you understand that 
It's not really the place you were supposed to be at that time. And, and things change. And that's, that's actually the beauty of life, that things are always going to be changing and we're moving along. And it's not that we're reaching a certain destination, like we always say, but the journey is a destination. So that, that, that mm. whole path that he's on right now, that is his goal right then for him right now. Um, and I, I think it's really, really special to, to kind of accept everyone else on, on the path that they're on. Although we'd like to say that he's not on the path that we'd like him to be on right now uh, for whatever he might be dealing with. I mean, of course, we don't know his, his actual situation. But yeah, it, it might very well be that he's not on the path that, that others are expecting of him at the moment. But it's yeah. very important to understand that there is a certain importance to the path that he's on because that's what's right for him at this time. Right, right. Reminded me, Albert Einstein has this saying I think it was Einstein. I, everybody says all the sayings and they all say it's Einstein, but I think this one is actually Einstein. With regards to education, he said, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will spend its entire life thinking it's an idiot. Yeah, Which absolutely. That we have differently abled people and not everyone is going to be a tree climber. Not everyone is going to be a Gemara learner. And, and that's okay. Back in the day, and by the day, I mean the times of bubble, the times of the Gemara was written, there were shoemakers and water carriers and peddlers and wagon drivers, and everybody was working, and people learned when they could, and that was fine. You know, now with the changes in time, when people have the ability to learn, everyone is expected to learn, and that's wonderful, and people should learn. And learning is, is you know, as, as long as people can. And it, it's beautiful. But it's not for everyone. And we, we do need to accept that. Right. Um, and, and him saying uh, that his brother's off the derech, he could not necessarily be referring to yeshiva. could be even at a later time in life. But say that it is yeshiva. There, there are so many kinds of yeshiva that cater to different people. But yeshiva does a fantastic job at creating a certain generalization of people and working with them at that. Mm. Most yeshivas don't do as well of a job at, at um, the individuality of the person to be working on their specific strengths if they're outside of academics and things like that. Um, right. See, I mean, he, he could be very strong business-minded and, and his purpose in the world might not at all be connected to what Yeshiva has to be offering him right now. And it really is just part of it, accepting that everybody has their, their strengths that might not be what you see right now. Yeah. But what I think was a lot more interesting is um, what he said at the end, how do I deal with that? I, I see that he could he could be asking that in one of two ways, mm. either of how he deals with it in the sense that he kind of pities him and uh, like the, the pain that he's feeling from that. Uh, if, if that is what, what he's what he's dealing with, then I, I think that that the understanding and the acceptance that he is just on a different path and and whatever he's dealing with, he'll, he'll get through because that journey that he's on right now is, quite frankly, the goal for him to be on. Mm. The other side that he could be asking me from, how do I deal with that? That it, it's causing him like a, cert, a cert, certain sense of jealousy almost that like, okay, he, maybe he wishes that he was like that too, but he just has a certain thing that's holding him back from that. He maybe feels um, like he can't do that to his parents. It wouldn't be fair or whatever it is. Ask yourself why, why you are doing what you're doing. Mm. Um, if the reason is simply because you don't want to be disappointing your parents, I think there's a lot more thinking that has to be put into it because the, the reasoning has to come a little more genuine and close to you. And, and once it does, then it's not going to be as painful from the sense that, oh, this other person gets to do this while I can't. But you really will just, you, you, you will pity them a little bit and, and, mm -hmm. and hope that they, that they find their way, finding a more genuine place of happiness. But you'll also trust that they'll get there eventually because everyone always does. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're hitting on a wonderful point that 
this thing of coming to a place where we're doing things because of a genuine internal feeling is such a wonderful part of growing up. We tend to get a little bit lost in our perception of what, or, or, or our thoughts about what other people think about us. And that's really trespassing. We have no business being in other people's heads. And we just need to figure out for ourselves. And that's really, it's a wonderful part of, of being at the risk of sounding very old. A young person, a teenager is the figuring youth. out. Yeah. <laughs> it's figuring out what do I want? What do I need? You know, what's my passion? What, what drives me? Not necessarily what, and it could align with what other people are expecting of me. But sometimes it doesn't, and that's okay. Well, how and do also, it, serve that, it doesn't. It doesn't always have to be that because because you're unsure of what the reason you're doing things for, then you have to not be doing them. It could be that you accept doing them until I understand why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. But but I I find that walking around with that sense of I don't know why I'm doing it and carrying a bitterness because of it right. that that's a little bit counterproductive in the sense that we're trying to grow into wanting to be better people and and wa- wanting to find that sense of purpose within ourselves, but keeping in mind always that I'm only doing this because someone else is making me or somebody else wants me to and feeling forced is very much counterproductive to that. Yeah. We're going to go on to question number two. This leads really nicely into another question that we received about talents. And it goes like this. The questioner asked, all my life, I've been told that everyone has a talent that Hashem gives them. And for always, ever since I can remember, I've always thought about that. Because this might sound dumb, but like, I feel like I don't have any talents. I just think I'm good at understanding people easily, but that's not really a talent. So how can this be? That is a wonderful question. And that is a wow. very deep question. <laughs> loaded for sure. A loaded question. What, what I'm hearing the questioner asking is, you know, very, more of like an existential question, like trying to discover our purpose you know, what is my way, my unique way of making my mark on the world? And I'm good at understanding people easily is actually an incredible talent. I think this question is coming from a very, very a wonderful place. Someone's wondering about what are they supposed to be contributing to the world? What is their talent? And, you know, seeing that they don't necessarily have talents. And maybe if we're approaching this from a questioner perspective, then I think it's important to consider that the questioner has people around him who are incredibly talented, maybe um, artistically talented or athletically talented. I think that's a very important one to, to teens or academically talented people who learn really well. And the talent, which I think that that this questioner, which you're recognizing that you have, is the ability to understand people well, doesn't seem like it compares to other people's talents. And maybe what we can do is, and I don't know if you're up to this, Menachem, but maybe we can reassure you that this talent is indeed an excellent and wonderful talent. So, Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I would definitely say that, I mean, j- just from the start of the question saying, I don't really have any talents. And then you jump into something which, even if it might feel kind of small it is actually a tremendous talent and if you look around some of the people that you might be looking at in your life that you find are very talented in just like she was saying in whatever ways whether athletically or academically they they, they they might fall short in those same areas that 
you lie very strong in, like in your ability to understand other people or whatever other strengths that you might have, you might not even be able to see. Um, but what, once you actually start comparing yourself to everyone else, it's so easy to see your own shortcomings, which everybody has in the same way that everybody has strengths. It might not be right to say, but I think everybody has shortcomings too. And that's completely okay because that's exactly what makes us people. Yeah. If everybody only had strengths, um, I think we'd be a very different breed and the world would not be the kind of place that it is, which is really, really beautiful. It would be a lot more boring. That's for sure. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's, I think it's very important for, for whoever's asking this to, to really understand that, 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 that feeling of the shortcomings being there is normal, mm. but it also, it, it, it takes work as a person to really focus on, on the strengths that we do have and not only just comparing them up against other people's and saying, well, it's, it's not as big as his talents in this area or the other area, because they're all going to be different. And comparing things against each other is really difficult people to judge, but everything has its own strength and importance in its own right. right. It, it's not really something that's being measured up against each other. So maybe a, a, an interesting perspective, which, you know, and you'll tell me what you think about this, Menachem, but I wonder, in my experience, people who understand each other people very easily understanding the people the way that i interpret that is both when people speak understanding their intention but also understanding people means understanding the unspoken social language that people give off that some people don't necessarily understand very easily and other people somehow pick up a lot easier and Many times that comes from, and again, I've, I know nothing about this questioner, but I'm just putting this out there and everybody can take what they like and leave the rest. Sometimes people who understand other people very easily, that skill comes from a place of not feeling safe for whatever reason. And when someone doesn't feel safe, and there can be many reasons for that, they develop an ability to read other people's emotions as a, a, a safety mechanism so that they can, first of all, to know who's a safe person. People who read other people very easily will have a sense of, I can trust this person, or this person is up to no good. And they learn to to rely on their intuition that way and also that uh, those unspoken social cues that that people give off tend to help a person be prepared in case something changes so if you're coming from a place of darkness and that's how you understand people easily i also understand why it's difficult for you to see your talents as a talent and why you might need reassurance. So I just want to tell you that, you know, our purpose as Jews is the idea of turning darkness into light. And by reaching out, by asking for help, and by using your talents, that's exactly what you're doing. And if I can add to, as reassurance, to answer the question itself, um, to the first part, absolutely, everybody does have a talent. And, and the further on you get in life, the more you'll be able to see and the, the more you'll be able to appreciate and understand the talents that you do have, even if they're more difficult to see in the beginning of your life. And and specifically to the end of the question where, where, he's, where he's pointing to his own, what he doesn't really think is a talent, I, I think it's even more incredible than than athletic abilities or, or so many other talents that he might be looking at in other people that he feels like he falls short in possibly. Because as much as athletic abilities and stuff like that are so easy to measure and can also be improved on so easily. There, There is just something so intuitive 
um, about about being able to being able to read people, being able to understand people, just being empathetic to other people. Which I, I don't know if I don't know if we're supposed to be saying this, but it can't really be taught. Um, I, I was we can try to teach children to be empathetic to others, but there is a certain intuition to it, which really can't be. And really, it, it might take some time until until you've gone through life enough to to see how important it is. And I think it'll be important in in building a family and building connections with, with with friends around you. It could even be helpful in the line of work you go into, depending what you choose. I mean, it can make you an extremely talented psychologist or therapist or whatever else you might choose to be entering into, <laughs> like like our friend Shu over here. Um, but really, it, it can make you so talented in so many areas. It just takes a little bit of time to see. And sure, that might take a little bit longer, but that's okay because we got a long life left to live. Yeah. And I, you know, <laughs> I'll just add, um, and I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to help you or not, but this is the truth, is that I will be turning 40 in a few months, and I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. Okay, so uh, just, I don't know if the if the teens out there appreciate this, but I think that uh, anyone who's in education, if you really want to have a pulse or understanding on what teens are struggling with. Listen to Jewish teen talk because this is these are the real deep questions that people today, teenagers in in particular are are struggling with. And 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 these questions are so rich and so so incredible and and really coming from such a wide range of wanting to connect and wanting to grow and wanting to get better. With that, we'll go into our next question. Question is, when I see a majority of people around me every day going behind people's backs, doing things, not telling the truth, and just not being honest, and they don't care, it sometimes makes me act, ask myself if I'm actually doing the right thing by sticking to my values and only saying honest things. Like sometimes I feel that I'm totally weird for doing the right thing because no one else does. How am I supposed to feel and what should I do if I want people to do the same as me. So there's a wow. lot of moving parts in this question. Menachem, get your scalpel. We're going to have to take this one apart. That really might need to be broken down. There's, yeah. That is a really, really great question. Incredible question, right? So people are, and I think this is this touches on something that I hear a lot from teenagers, is that teenagers get turned off when they see people who they look up to not living up to their professed values. People not walking the walk, well, talking the talk, but not walking the walk, right? Uh, so not telling the truth, not being honest, and they don't care. So it's one thing if they're not being honest and they apologize and they're saying, I'm sorry, look, I'm human. They don't even care. And so then the person is asking, am I doing the right thing by sticking to my values because it hurts to care? I'm seeing people who are not being honest, not doing the right thing, and they don't care. And they seem to be living a happy life. And I'm the one who's miserable because I care. And the word values here stands out to me because, you know, in life, we have short-term goals, and then we have values. Values are things. If you want to know what your value is, ask yourself, think to yourself, if you were 80 years old, celebrating your 80th birthday party, and you had all your workmates and friends and people who you learned with, everybody came in to say nice things about you. And what are the types of things that they would say at the end of a really full 
life lived according to your values. Those types of things that you can imagine people saying about you, those are your values. And living a life according to your values is like walking towards a star. I would say you might never reach the star, but you're heading in an excellent direction. You're heading in the right way. And then your goals are the things that you do that bring you closer toward your values. I absolutely love that on us trying to reach our our values and just chasing mm-hmm. after them. It is kind of like reaching towards that star, which comes back to my favorite parable of all time of, of the person just walking along that road to re- reach the goal um, at the end of his life when the goal all along was just him supposed to be on that journey, because that is the beautiful thing. Just like you were saying about the star and, and how we are just trying to reach towards that as the star being our values. We're never really going to reach that point, but it is our walking along towards it, which is the important thing. That is the goal we're supposed to be reaching all along. Right. And it comes back to, to one of my favorite things of the, our, our, our goal in life is not, it's not some, some point at the end of the road we're walking along, but it's the very road itself. It's that journey, which is the destination per se. And I think that's really, really special and beautiful. Um, it, it brings so much more purpose to, to the very day that we're living instead of just the very day being a means to an end that, that's at some far distant place in the future. But I, I, do, I do agree that it can get kind of difficult when you're seeing people around you which aren't holding those same set of values, which, which you might hold to yourself, um, especially because we, we have some interesting thing inside of us, which the things which we believe we hold to be undeniable truths and the things about values is that they're hold so closely against us that it, it feels more you than anything else in the entire world. And so it feels so undoubtedly true that anybody else not living by that same thing can almost feel painful. Uh, yeah. I, I know for myself that sometimes see, seeing people doing things more, more so towards other people that I couldn't understand myself. And it, I, I, I literally could not wrap my head around it. Just being, mm-hmm. how can a person not share those same, those same values as me? While when I, when, I, when I really look at it back, there, there were some things that that other person might have done and felt important that may, maybe I thought weren't as big of a deal because that's kind of what values are, that, that, that they, they, they ride so close to our heart that to us it feels like such undeniable truths, but to someone else it might feel less. And again, I think, I think I'm going to use that line of just acceptance and understanding of other people. Because it's so important and it's, it's not just important to give them an easier time, but it's really to give you an easier time. Holding that grudge against that other person, what does it really do to them? I, I'd say really nothing. Um, it, it's really just causing that pain for yourself to think that the other person is not living towards something which you feel like they should. Yeah. Um, and so releasing that is just a, a, a massive part of growing up, I think. And, mm-hmm. and just really important to, to live a more, a more carefree, less painful life. Right. Right. And th- there's that fine line, I think, that that what you're talking to is that fine line between acceptance and, you know, not being okay with certain things as well. Feeling things and holding on to feelings because of your values. And then when you think about those things that brought up your value so strongly, you feel those same upset feelings all over again. And that's really the word resentment call is, is made up of the words re sentiment, feeling things all over again. So we're causing ourselves to feel things again and again, based on our perception or our understanding of what happened. And 
when we accept, it doesn't mean we're okay with what's going on. Because according to the questioner, from what I'm hearing, it would be so nice to be numb, to not care like these other people are not caring. But truth and honesty, being an upright person, not doing things between behind other people's backs, when everyone else is doing it, does feel weird. And it does stand stand out. And it reminds me of Ramavinu, right? He was the one who called out the name of Hashem when the entire world was okay serving idols. And there wasn't this recognition for Avram right away of that what he's doing was the right thing to do. He had these values and he had to go with them. And if you think you feel totally weird, how weird do you think Avram Avinu felt when he was going with what he thought was the right thing against what the whole world was doing? Now, with regard to the question of how are you supposed to feel, you are in the same shoes as Avram Avinu. <laughs> So feel awesome. That's a good place to be. <laughs> yeah. But what should I do if I want people to do the same as me? Wanting people to do the same as, as you, I think, is a, is a wonderful and noble idea. But we're really powerless over other people. And that's going to be hard to accept. But we are only powerful over, from the skin in, <laughs> our actions and attitudes. And from the skin out, we are completely powerless. We're powerless over other people's things that they do or what they think or what they say. We're powerless over things that happen to us. And when we put stuff out there in the world and we do things and it doesn't necessarily work out the way that we have in mind, we're powerless over that too. Hey, we're even to some extent powerless over our own set of values. I mean, as much as, much as the person posing the question sounds like he might want to not, not feel those same set of values and not want to be, to be doing the right thing as he always is. But it, it, it's, it's almost impossible for him as a person because that's exactly where his set of values lies. And um, you kind of have to just lean into it. And the only way you are going to be able to change anybody else to any extent, I think, would just be to, to lead by example, because people do look at people around them. And so, some people I know feel like, like they're almost ignored, like no, no one even looks at them when they're doing the right thing. They kind of just get pushed to the side. But I don't think that's really true. In, in every single situation, people do look. Because everybody, everybody I, to, to, to some point inside knows what the right thing to be doing is. That definitely are things like dishonesty. It's, it's so clear when somebody is being dishonest, um, even if not in that moment, they'll look back at it and they'll know. And, and people could see when people around them are being honest, are, are, are being stand-up people. Um, and leading my example just is probably your only possible way of having external force. Right, right. Leading by example. And I want to acknowledge that it's going to be hard. It's not going to be an easy thing to be the only Absolutely. one not acting this way. When there's a group of people that are used to acting a certain way, and you're the only one that's not doing it, that's going to be really tough. I think leading by example is a wonderful thing to do. Again, with the recognition that we don't have power over other people following that example, but you're only powerful over your own choice to lead by example. Okay, so the next question that came in started off with a bit of a feedback on the episode, which I'll just read and, and thank you for the feedback. The, the questioner wrote, thank you so much for doing these talks. I've gained a lot more clarity and I feel so much better when my questions get answered. Can you please do one boys and one girls every week? Thanks a ton. So 
what we do is we do have a boys and girls episode. We do it every other week. But the good news is that boys and girls are welcome to listen to both of these episodes. Nobody's singing. Uh, we're just dancing a little bit, but uh, we're free and welcome to um, to listen to whichever episodes. And what you can do, and don't get mad at me for suggesting this, is you can, if you can hold yourself back, you can wait one week before you listen to the other episodes and then listen to the boys and girls episodes on one week. <laughs> we We appreciate your feedback. This whole podcast only works because of questioners like you. People have questions and keep sending them in and we do our best to answer them in an open and uh, straightforward way with the help of Hashem. And if you appreciate it, you know, let other people know about this platform. Hopefully it can help more people and uh, we'll keep on uh, recording these. The final question is, someone is constantly putting me down. How do I respond? Just uh, before I answer the question, I really want to send out so much encouragement to the person is going through this because that is really tough. You know, sometimes the thing about hurtful comments or hurtful statements, many times when people are subpoenaed and they have to appear in court for some sort of a legal thing and lawyers will go back and take recordings of conversations with people if they're captured on a video camera, or they'll get copies of texts and emails. And many times in, in texts or emails, you don't see the subtext. You don't see the the flavor of the of the conversation. And things can be taken out of context. And that also works even when we're talking to people. So if something was meant, if something could be understood as being just a comment that someone's making, but if the person who's making the comment knows how the listener is going to receive it, those statements can be like little word bombs. And if you have the sort of a friend who's like a toxic influence, maybe because they feel jealous or or they just can't stand when someone else is feeling up because they're down, they'll say things that would sound like compliments that just explode later and and really really hurt. Um, some some examples are let's say if you get a new I don't know a new backpack. Uh, you know something that a friend might say, which can sound like a, a normal thing to say, is a lot of people would say that that backpack is 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 childish. And I think it's so incredible how you're able to pull it off. Wow, what a nice compliment. But later, is my backpack really childish? You know, that it hits and and if and it's done in that sort of a way that can be very subtle, can be very difficult to, to pick up on. I, I'm, I'm not sure if I completely went off track for the question. <laughs> no, but no, I, you didn't. Um, I, I, you, you kind of zeroed in on, on the, the, idea that the person is not necessarily intending it in a bad way, which very well might be the case in a lot of situations. But um, from how the person's posing the question, it sounds like it's somebody maybe close to them that is um, definitely being hurtful and it's not really intended in a good way. Right, right. And I do think that uh, people who uh, uh, say those types of comments, a lot of times for whatever they're struggling with, sometimes do intend to cause harm, even if it's originally not taken that way. So, and sometimes, you know, sometimes people can be very sensitive. We have, especially amongst Eden, we're very sensitive people. And 
teenagers, you know, some people can be more sensitive than others. And some people can hear things. We, we, we hear things through the lens of our wounds. So when we got hurt about something, we can hear things and translate that as talking to the things that we're already heard about even if somebody is not intending to hurt us necessarily. So I don't necessarily know that there's something to do to act back. You know, sometimes it's just about doing the inner work inside. So is this a toxic sort of a person who's just consistently making me feel that way? And then it's about putting up boundaries and, you know, taking some space and making sure that my mental health and my emotional health is being safeguarded and, you know, getting getting support around doing that with uh, parents or somebody, a professional maybe if, if it's necessary. Or if it's our wounds, if it's something that we're interpreting, then maybe it's about looking inside and seeing, you know, hey, what, what am I carrying around? What's my bag of rocks that I don't want to put down, you know? Right. It it does sound like the question is posed in a I don't want to assume, but it, it does sound like it's coming from a person who is who is close to the who's close to the to the um to the one asking the question, which makes it all the more painful because yeah. of course we we accept the words of the people close to us more than others, and we really do internalize it, um, maybe even more than we should. If if a person who is um who is who is very close to us in our everyday life or or just emotionally the, the words that they say, even, even without them realizing it, could be so much more hurtful. On the flip side, could, could rebuild so much more. We, we can appreciate a positive thing said from a loved one so much more than from a random stranger. But right. the negative thing said could be all the more hurtful. And I think that's, that's also something to take note that as, as, as human beings, we have to be mindful that people close to us will be affected by the things that we say and do so much more because because they appreciate and they internalize the things that we say and do. Mm. Um, and then from the other side to the person asking the question, that definitely what, what Shua was saying about setting up boundaries, taking space, if it gets to a point where it's ever beyond uncomfortable for you or, or it's just it, it just doesn't feel like it's okay anymore, you definitely do need to be taking steps to be protecting yourself in that way. But also with people that are close to you in your life, it, it could be difficult sometimes. Um, sometimes it's even a parent or a sibling or, or um, a, a best friend that you find it hard to, to kind of push away from, that the relationship has become a little bit toxic. And with all those things, I'd say um, definitely find support from the other people in your life because um, there, there's a lot of other people. And I, I know for a fact that it's not everyone in your life that's, that, that's going to be hurtful towards you and, and say things without, without really thinking about, about the consequence that it might have towards you. Um, and, and finding those supportive people that are going to be in your life and really leaning in towards them and leaning into the positive things that they say, because there, there's going to be both. There's going to be positive things. There's going to be negative things. And as people, I think the older we get, the better of a job we, we're going to need to do to, to kind of just let things bounce off. Um, it, it kind of makes me think about the fact that as little kids, we, we, we like I, I remember I used to cry sometimes on the playground when, when, when somebody would call me a bad name or say something insulting. It hurts so much. And then a minute later, I'd be up again, smiling. I think as kids, we do so much of a better job just letting things bounce off. When they hit, you feel them really intensely. And then afterwards, they kind of just fade away. And, and, and we don't spend so long thinking about it all the time. But as adults, I, I'd like to think that I'm adult, I, even though I'm only 19. But I, I still like to think that I, I kind of internalize the things that are said a lot. And someone can make a, a comment almost backhandedly. 
And if it's somebody that's close to me, especially that, that, that thought could stay with me for a really, really long time. I'll be thinking about it. And I'm sure a lot of other people relate to that one too. Um, And and that's also why it's kind of just important to, to let, just remind yourself to let those things bounce off because even, even if their intention is to be hurtful, it doesn't force you to be hurt by it. Um, We, we, we still do have that choice to some extent that that, that's not to take away from, from, from the pain that that person might be causing you. Um, or to tell you that that you should not be protecting yourself or maybe taking some time, taking some space, getting support from people around you. But it is um, supposed to just give you a little bit of a better feeling inside, knowing that what they're saying doesn't have to affect you and you do have that bit of a choice. Right, right. Which yeah. is just so interesting to me, how quickly how quickly things were able to just to just fade off when I was younger. And and now, and literally a comment that, that, that somebody said, n- not even intending anything by it, not yelling an insult at me, but just... Make it, making like make, making a backhanded compliment will stick with me and, and I will and I and I will just ruminate on that for so long trying to think yeah. what did they really mean by it did they mean it did they not which right. is which is just so fascinating about the mind yeah and it's incredible uh, Benachem, I'll just you know to get back to a point you had mentioned uh, the the ability to allow things to bounce off of us I think is so important but I I want to encourage people who might recognize that they need to have this ability but feel powerless over developing that ability so I want to give you a what they like to call life hack or a, a pro tip for allowing things to to bounce off and this is actually a mindfulness strategy and it's called diffusing so diffusing is used when you have let's say in the films when the terrorist is setting a bomb and it's set to blow up in 10 seconds and then he needs to take apart the wires so that the um, bomb doesn't end up exploding it's similar to that in the sense that the only way that things can hurt us practically is when we fuse with those things. We become one, we identify with the hurtful things. And a way to defuse or not allow that to explode and to hurt us is by taking mental space. And what that looks like is, um, let's say something. somebody says something hurtful. So let's say Menachem you said, you know what, Shua, you are so incredibly handsome. And I just start ruminating about that. Oh my gosh, am I really so incredibly handsome? And I start thinking that way about myself, right? So then the defusing would look like I have a thought that I am so incredibly handsome. So it's not accepting it as the fact and identifying with it. It's saying there is a thought. We have lots of different thoughts. You know, we might be learning in school and be thinking about butterflies and rainbows and unicorns or 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 the game that we're going to be playing. You know, lots of different thoughts. I have a thought. It doesn't mean I need to identify with it. And then if you want to actually take even more space, uh, something that you can say is I'm noticing that I have a thought. And that allows you to take even more space from the thought. It's kind of like you're on a bus and the thought is like scenery that you're passing by. So it doesn't need to stick. It can just be something that we're noticing. A thought came up. I hope that if that helps someone, that's what I actually want to hop onto that. Um, yeah. Saying that just reminded me of one of my favorite skills that, that I had learned uh, in a similar way that we, that we know um, to be creating distance 
whether physically or emotionally from people that are toxic to our lives and the things that they say or do, our thoughts could be in a very similar place, just not being healthy towards us. And we need to create space in a very, very similar way. Um, you using the, the idea that you just mentioned of identifying it as a thought that I'm having coming into my own head instead of this is the fact which exists because most often it's not. It, it is just a thought which is coming in, like, like, like the infinite amount of thoughts that will be coming through our head in our lifetime. And to take every single one as an undeniable fact, while so many of them are even contradicting, just doesn't make any sense. We, we, we do have to kind of separate it and just create distance sometimes by saying that this is only a thought which is going through my head and it doesn't, doesn't have to be real. It doesn't have to be me. Right, right, yeah. You know, Menachem, we... I think could have spoken for another few hours and it's very unfortunate that our time has to come to an end. I really uh, think that our conversation, our for bringing today was so rich and hopefully it will be very helpful to some people out there. Hey, it was helpful to me. Sorry? It was helpful to me too. Oh, awesome. I'm glad to hear it. I, I do want to encourage anybody who has questions to keep sending them in. Uh, those who have dedicated uh, previous episodes uh, sponsorship opportunities are available and you can reach out on jewishteentalk.com and we appreciate your sponsorships. We appreciate your questions. Please keep them coming. If you want to be interviewed, feel free to reach out as well on jewishteentalk.com and we hope you enjoyed. Have a great week. This has been awesome.